This is episode 297 of the AWS podcast, released on February 10th, 2019. Hello everyone and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Alicia here with you. Great to have you back and I'm joined by a special guest. Today I'm joined by Todd Escalona, who's a solutions architect evangelist here at AWS. Welcome, Todd. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Good to have you here. Now you're here to talk us through some pretty cool things. We're talking remote control cars that aren't, aren't remote controlled. Um, we're talking racing, which is always fun, and lots of gizmos and hardware and software and cool things. But before we get into the coolness of, uh, of, of Deep Racer and Robocars and all these other things, maybe, maybe let's step back and just talk briefly about AI and ML and the change in mindset that customers need and, and what sort of spawned this whole branch, I guess, into this, this particular capability for customers. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So AI in, in general, right, there's always kind of a layers to the onion. You can peel it back and see different types of subsets within AI and different techniques that are used within the industry. However, in general, AI seeks to create machines with human intelligence. That's kind of the common denominator definition that's out there in the industry. And as of right now, AI has been actively infused into really all aspects of business and software. Enterprises have already started their journey down the path of using AI to really transform their operations by enabling them with smarter capabilities that irrefutably mimic human traits. Now, the promise of AI, just simply put, is innovation, which leads to new features, new experiences, new product categories, and breakthrough advances. And at AWS, it's something where we've seen many different use cases within many different industries for the past 20 plus years. And a few examples of the use cases are around Alexa and Lex for natural language processing, what we're doing with Amazon Go and really reinventing the retail experience, the prime air drones delivery, uh, as well as the robotic fulfillment within Amazon Robotics. And Furthermore, the services that we have out there and the different offerings, they've been adopted by, again, virtually every industry. And we'll continue to really value all of our, our customers' flexibility of choice when it comes to AI. It's evolving at a very rapid pace. Many technologies that are also being used to power AI have never really been more affordable than they are today, when more accessible as well with the AWS cloud. So if you dive in another layer, then you're looking at machine learning, which is really a subset of AI. And essentially, it's a tool that's used to build intelligent business solutions. It's really around the algorithmic discovery of patterns and data. It's important because that tool is essentially used to make these data-driven decisions. And the trick of it and we see this with customers all the time, is to really find those meaningful patterns and apply it to a task. Many businesses are, are looking at some of the smallest tasks or the monotonous tasks that are out there to really automate them and automate a lot of the problems that they're seeing by learning from the data that they have. At the end of the day, there's a lot of conversations around how data is the new oil, right? And essentially, that's the customer's IP. So within machine learning itself and the different types of data that, that you can use and label, there's different types 
of machine learning. So the first one is around supervised learning, and that's really the labeled training data that's being used. And that's been curated either by a domain expert, uh, but essentially a decision is made from that labeled training data. And that's just one type of ML because there's several other types. And another one is unsupervised learning, which is really being able to build out a learning system where you do not need to explicitly reference labeled data because it learns really to classify based off of the similarities usually um, that are used for clustering of data. So a good example is anomaly detection. Depending on the amount of vibration, uh, as an example from a customer use case that's coming from one of the machines that they have deployed in a field, being able to detect that, uh, that it's really on the course for failure down the line and then in return suggest performing some type of maintenance is a great use case for it. Another one we see out there for unsupervised learning is around customer segmentation. And that's, that's really where you have the ability as a business to target a specific type of demographic to market towards them more efficiently. So for example, a, speci a specific campaign towards the actual digital natives or the teenagers of the world who are the, our future to building AI and robotics. And you wanna really curate the message towards them. Furthermore, there's, there's reinforcement learning. It's a, a, an ML technique that enables an agent to learn in an interactive and real-time environment by trial and error using feedback from its own actions and its own experiences. Now, the signal is not an immediate label, such as something you would see in supervised learning, but instead it's a time-delayed label referred to as a reward. And the reward is provided by the environment itself and specified by whomever created that environment. Now, rather than curating a ground truth data set, you can, in essence, build a model within simulation. Sometimes in IoT, it's referred to as building out the digital twin, but then employ a trial and error reward function. From there, you'll see how it performs, you'll understand the evaluation, and you would essentially optimize the learning strategy with the goal of maximizing long-term rewards. And that, that model essentially will learn from its experiences over time. Repeatedly, it will choose the correct actions that lead to the best outcomes. So you'll see, given specific episodes and iterations between those episodes, it will phase out the bad actions within its environment. So Todd, this now, is a really interesting <laughs> distinction here because this is really clarifying that there are different modes of learning that machine learning can use and different problem domains that different modes of learning are suited to. And and probably in the, the high-level messaging and the hype and the excitement in the industry about ML, th this very important nuance to getting a good result is, is kind of lost. And so this is where a lot of your thought process about the, the the hackathon, if we step back into the Wayback Machine and go back to 2017 reInvent and and the right. Robocar hackathon that you ran, th that was really the idea, wasn't it? You wanted to teach people, hey, there's this different way of doing things that could be really useful for your problem domain. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, 
what what we wanted to do, and I think this is kind of the main tenet that we had, was around education through excitement and interaction, right? So what we've done with the RoboCar was it wasn't an official service such as AWS Deep Racer is, right? I would say that it is uh, an unofficial field-led offering where myself and many other like-minded essays took initiatives to bring this, this hackathon directly to our customers and also have it a part of uh, the reInvent uh, 2017 event. So again, the tenet that we based it off of is education through excitement and interaction because we knew that machine learning educational experiences are really positively enhanced and accelerated through activities that not only bring a sense of fun, everyone has a great time building self-driving robocars, right? But providing a hands-on experience that necessitates collaboration with other like-minded developers. And it was it was great because it was peculiar in its own way by enabling an exciting physical component, which is that car that you brought to life, as well as its associate sentimental value. And I remember the first robocar that I built, Pinky's Brain, and I know even today how much that means to me and, and it brings back a lot of great memories. So we wanted to give that experience to our customers as well. So so back in 2017, what did customers build and what did they use? And then maybe we can we can spin it forward to 2018 reInvent and see what's changed. So what happened in 2017? Sure. So I think I think it's it's good to address even the source of inspiration as well back in 2016 mm. where there was a hackathon that people got together in a meetup and they were building cars and they were racing them. And they were doing this pretty much without any rules. So it was, it was really, really cool. And during that time, they were building a, a very a passionate community out of robocar enthusiasts. And they're referred to as the DIY robocar community. Right now, they're around two and a half thousand members strong on Slack and it's a very large, innovative community that's created many, many iterations in all aspects of scaled-down autonomous driving. Even today, it, the collaboration continues to happen around hardware, software, different data sets that are being used to create more efficient autopilots. And the two main components behind RoboCar, I would say, is you know, as an open-source, do-it-yourself, self-driving platform, is the hardware and the software. So the hardware is really a 1 16th size RC car that has a Raspberry Pi, a camera lens. You can use a 3D printed chassis for a bottom plate to hold the components and a roll bar as well. So when it's racing around, crashing or avoiding other, other cars, uh, there won't be a, a lot of damage to the actual vehicle itself. Um, there's other things. There's PCA boards to offload the actual Raspberry Pi resources. Um, but but the hardware aspect is something that's been curated and changed over time. Uh, very low cost of entry to get started with building out your own robocar. So that was coupled with the software aspect, which is really high-level library composed of Keras, TensorFlow, OpenCV. It's written in Python, and it includes all the software required to get a robocar driving autonomously 
right away. Um, a lot of the different utilities that are needed for the training of the neural network, as well as controlling the different parts of the physical car, are all, all there in the open source code. So that's that's where we really receive the inspiration to drive the RoboCar Rally at reInvent 2017. And so the goal and, there, the goal there was for customers to be able to basically have a, a a car that has a whole bunch of sensors on it and can go along a track and can self-teach essentially itself how to be more efficient on the track. Would that is that a fair is that the goal here? Like what are we, what are we trying to achieve? Yes, absolutely. So you're trying to teach all the customers around about deep learning and leveraging it in a, a fun and exciting way. The goal of the RoboCar itself is to make it around the track. And while you are manually driving the vehicle, you start taking images of the track and its environment. And that essentially creates your labeled training data set. Because every single image has an associated JSON file with the throttle and the steering angle at the time. So now it starts to see the real world and associate the behavior that it should be performing. And we call this imitation learning. So it really models the behavior of the actual driver itself. After around five to 10 laps or so, you will have a rich enough data set to then pass that data as input into the neural network to uh, essentially create a very efficient model. So when that model is deployed, it has the ability to drive autonomously at that point. So now it makes inferences based off of the image that it sees during its current state. And that's where the autonomous driving take, really takes place. So you're really learning about that loop between some form of training, then the input of vast amounts of data and in general real-time, uh, real-world data, and then the ability of the model to adapt and change to seek those correct outcomes, which in this case is stay on the track and probably get around the track as fast as possible. That's correct. That's correct. And, and they've had a very, very fun time doing this uh, entire experience. And we encourage iterations, right? Because machine learning is a cyclical process that happens over and over again. Uh, you know, we refer to this as continuous learning, where you can continue to label your data set, make it richer, optimize your model, and then deploy the, the new version of it out into the environment so it has a higher level of accuracy. And that's that's where they really, sometimes people, without even knowing it, learn this process. And when they are exposed to this and they remember what they've done and they learn the machine learning process and how it works, they can say and recall, I've done this before, I understand how it works. So it's really making it very easy and digestible for our customers. Absolutely. Now, between 2017 and 2018, a lot evolved and changed in the world of, of AIML. So more models, more frameworks, more technologies, probably more accessible than ever before. And that really led to the launch of AWS DeepRacer. Can you tell us about what that was and what that is, and how customers can use it? Sure, absolutely. So AWS DeepRacer is our offering, another one of our, our learning services that really allows our customers to get hands-on with reinforcement learning with a very low, low barrier to entry. 
So let's step back towards reinforcement learning in general, because this kind of discusses the challenge and where where we came into um, what our thought process was. So as as you to answer the question directly around kind of why reinforcement learning when there's a requirement to teach a machine learning model to make complex decisions and there's really little to no training data available that's when you would look to making a reinforcement learning model or leveraging reinforcement learning to to create an optimized model now i think in in general um, what you'll see from AWS is that we are very focused on solving the toughest challenges that holds back success with machine learning. And it's been quoted within AWS numerous amount of times. That's our charter. That's one of our focuses. And as you're well aware, or a lot of the customers are well aware that ML is undergoing a renaissance as we speak. Developers all across the industries, they're using the latest technologies, they're using the latest techniques, all different use cases, fraud, recommendation, forecasting, anomaly detection, many, many more. However, recently, reinforcement learning has emerged as a key technology for building more sophisticated intelligence systems. It's a way of really complementing more common methods to deliver key breakthroughs around the automatic decision-making process, coordination, robotics, cybernetics, security. And now reinforcement learning, uh, just for the listeners that may not be as familiar with it, is, is sufficiently different than the more traditional ML techniques as it requires a very diverse set of skills. And this is where the challenge comes into play. And this is where we kind of have our, our roots of building out AWS DeepRacer. So what's what's interesting is that this diverse set of skills consists of creating real-world simulations. And I remember the first time I looked at reinforcement learning, I didn't really understand how to configure a physics engine, for example, right? Mm -hmm. But those are some of the skills that you need to have. Um, so again, from creating those real-world simulations out there to using and testing out new algorithms from model selection methods to the physics engine that I spoke a little bit about, or even 3D rendering in general, all these skills are difficult. And most developers don't really have these skills from an end-to-end -end pers uh, perspective. And there's not really a specific job role that helps you acquire all of these organically, right? Or they're very uh, few and far between. So with that entire process, there's also a lot of heavy lifting that's involved. And as excited as many developers are to learn about reinforcement learning, there's really a broad chasm of experience for them to cross before they can even get started. And in many cases, the full collection of technologies either doesn't exist in an easily consumable and digestible manner, or the complexities are, are, are just acting as a deterrent. They're not, they're not fully abstracted. And this is where AWS Deep Racer comes into play. And we made this announcement because it's a, a new learning service that leverages reinforcement learning. And it changes all of that. It, it's, it's us lowering the bar to entry for RL by providing a very easy to use set of tools which helps developers bridge this gap. And we do it in a very compelling way. We do it through an autonomous driving use case. So again, it's evolving what we understood RoboCar 
to be in, at reInvent 2017. And it, it really allows developers to literally take their newfound skills out for a test drive. And it does it in a way that is, is very, I think, relevant. Like everyone kind of knows about cars and the, the challenges of driving most people drive so they know that that there's a lot of uh, unconscious decision-making that starts to happen once you've driven for a long period of time. And so the benefit of the AWS DeepBracer is, is that it's an accessible expression of that reinforcement learning that is so important. So what do you get? You get a car. Uh, these are available for pre-order now, and you get a, a 118th scale race car, which is pretty looks pretty cool, pretty fun. Uh, you also get a simulator so that you can build your Amazon SageMaker models to train, test, and iterate really quickly. Now, the nice thing about using Amazon SageMaker is you're using exactly the t- same tooling, et cetera, that you might use for a business application or an application you're writing yourself. So you're getting familiar with the tools and how to use them in a way that makes sense and gets you to your answer very quickly. The extra cool thing that, uh, Todd, I'm sure you're going to enjoy is the uh, the world's first global autonomous racing league. So you can actually race for, for prizes and, and glory and, and no doubt bragging rights as well. So you can actually test uh, how good your models are compared to other models uh, on kind of a level playing field with everyone using the same kind of car. Absolutely. And I think with that, to kind of piggyback off of that, when they do enter into the council, which again, it, there's no hardware dependency on the AWS Deep Racer itself with reinforcement, with reinforcement learning. Once you're in the council, what are you're leveraging what we've built, what our AI scientists have tested and recommended for you? We've pre-configured pretty much everything for developers with default optimal configurations really, really cool. And if you don't know what you're doing within the council, there's info buttons for everyone to really understand the terminology, the functionality of each and every option that they they will be presented with within the council. I went in there this morning and I literally clicked one orange button that said create model. And then I filled out my model name and I was able to start training the model. So two clicks, one field description, and you can get started. And if, if you know, that's a way to get an easy win to build out your first reinforcement learning model. And along the way, after you do it and see how easy it is, you can start making customizations or different tweaks to the, the hyperparameters for the algorithm that we're using, which is the proximal policy optimization or PPO algorithm within the council. So you can really see what we've done behind the scenes how we've tied it back to different services such as our Amazon SageMaker and, and AWS RoboMaker. You can see the live simulation. You can see the, the live streaming through Amazon Kinesis streams. And it's, it's really a, a very cool interactive experience to train and evaluate your model. Now let's look at something else, Todd. I mean, it's 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 easy for us to to I guess geek out on the on the deep bracer itself and racing cars, etc. But as you mentioned at the start, this this really came out of a desire to teach customers and help developers learn more about how to use reinforcement learning in their day to day world. What kind of results have you seen once customers have gone through the 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 use of these these types of uh, of tools and examples in how they've applied it to their own particular use cases? Sure. So, so AWS DeepRacer, again, a learning service specifically to follow up on what our mission is, which is to put reinforcement learning in the hands of all developers, literally. And we do that through the, the DeepRacer vehicle itself. Now, what we've seen is after the initial learning service and starting 
the customer starting to understand what the process looks like, what they're actually doing, how an agent interacts and takes different actions given its state within an environment. And once they have really all of that terminology down, then they can start looking at our platform, Amazon SageMaker, and looking into the different reinforcement learning use cases that they can then build themselves. And we've already seen a handful of use cases that are out there where customers have gotten started. Uh, robotics is a, a good use case. There's also in, in industrial control. There's different HVAC systems. So think about cooling and, and autonomous driving and those those that use case that we've depicted is just one of many, many different use cases. I think another one that is is pretty cool is around vehicle routing, where the objective might be to fulfill an actual customer's order that they place on a mobile app. And what the agent needs to do is really understand its state. Where am I right now on a GPS and what is the distance from where the order or where the request came from. So with that state inside of this environment, which could be outside or, or, or driving within uh, a different type of neighborhood, it needs to take an action. And that action would be either accept, pick up, or deliver an order. And the way the training works and after all the different episodes and the optimization of the model itself, understanding the rewards um, then it would be able to be a very uh, efficient vehicle routing model that was created through reinforcement learning, where the, the reward would be delivering on time, or it would be you failed to drive the right way or deliver it when it was needed or before the actual product um, needed to reach its destination. So definitely some really practical use cases out there. And it's one of those technologies that once you understand it, you can see many places where it, where it might fit. So if you want to get started, you can sign up for the preview. It's aws.amazon.com slash deep racer. You can also pre-order your AWS deep racer car. Although uh, as Todd mentioned, you don't need that. Uh, however, it is pretty cool. So it's probably a case of want versus need, but uh, I think uh, Todd, we could probably argue that that we need it rather than we want it. I don't know what you think. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> And uh, it must be really gratifying to see this sort of come uh, out to, to to a global audience, given that you sort of helped identify that need for this learning opportunity for our customers, tried something out at reInvent 2017, customers really liked it, and here it is in uh, in, in 2018, now 2019, I should say, uh, able to be in the hands of customers. It's, it's, it's always exciting to see that customer need fulfilled. Very much so, and, and I think just from – the feedback that we received from customers at reInvent 2018 was overwhelming. They, some um, head of data scientists at very large enterprises have even spoken to me specifically around their thoughts of reinforcement learning in the future. At AWS, we believe that many, many more workloads will be unleashed with reinforcement learning. And we've had a number of different uh, enablement sessions at reInvent 2018 for the private preview. And specifically, we enabled over 2,200 people. And while we were there, there was also the MGM Speedway event where they were able to get hands-on in the hackathon. And we there were, there were really over 3,400 people that came into MGM to participate 
with over 500 of them making an entry on the actual leaderboard, the live leaderboard. So it was, again, high expectations were set for um, what we wanted to achieve at reInvent. We, we absolutely did that. And I would say prior to us even going GA with AWS DeepRacer and the Council for Everybody, while you wait for the, the public preview as well, you can actually get started right now by looking at the AWS DeepRacer developer guide, which really guides you through how to use our SageMaker Jupyter Notebook to build, train, and evaluate a reinforcement learning autonomous driving model. So go do that today. Also, please join us on this journey. We believe that everyone should not be forced into the weeds of the underlying equations and algorithms, and therefore have found a way to empower you. This is truly, truly democratization of reinforcement learning. And, and thank you for your time. Continue to give us feedback. Fantastic. Todd, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.